Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Province Crier Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Surratt, the Province Crier. Follow me on Twitter. That's at Province Crier. Read our blog, theprovincecrier.com. Join with me, as always. We have BOC. Follow him on Twitter, at BOC all day. Today is Friday, October 27th. And BOC is officially the new season of this pod because it was Big East Media Day on Tuesday. You and I, we got to go together last year. It was just me. You had other obligations. Uh, this year, we both got to do it. So it was your first time. Um, can I say I popped the cherry? Is that is yes. that appropriate? Okay. Yeah, yeah. You popped your biggest media day cherry. Yeah. Uh, and um, yeah, no, it, it, we had a great time. Um, me, not so much. I was super late. Uh, my train saw an unforeseen insane delay. Um, that got me there very late, but but BOC was able to hold it down and, and get some real good stuff. Um, I guess we'll start with you, BSC. Just overall impressions of the day and the event. So, you know, it's my first time going, um, and you never know what to expect. You think of like the media day. It's I always think about like before the Super Bowl when everybody's interviewing all the players and things like that. Um, so I I was going in blind, um, really well prepared with the questions and everything, but I, I didn't know what to expect, and so I it kind of set the stage for me that it's a very intimate setting. Um, when I was walking through security and the person in front of me was uh, Stubblefield, just wait, he was just waiting in front of me, like going through the security as if he was like going to see a game as well. Um, and all so this- for me, it was Norlander last year, Matt Norlander. Yeah. So, so I was like, Oh, okay. It's, it's going to be this kind of thing. And it further, further magnified that thought when I walk right before walking onto the floor of the garden, which is, wild in and of itself like that's an experience um i look to my left and arms length away like to my left is patino and cooley just having a catch-up conversation literally less than three feet away from me and i'm like oh it's gonna be one of those days it was it was awesome it was um something i'll always remember and i'm looking forward to going to it for future future years it's you know something honestly not to sound corny it's like what you dream of as a kid when you're following sports so i was a lot of gratitude for being there. Um, I think the thing that jumped out to me the most is just how accessible everybody is. Like you watch these coaches, you watch the players on TV. When we, when, uh, when Val Ackerman was speaking in front of me, literally directly in front of me, sitting in front of me, Thad Mata, Sean Miller, and Sean Miller seems like a, a riot, by the way. Um, and to the right were uh, Eric Dixon and Justin Moore, like you know the row in front of me so it's just a really cool setting again really appreciative of the opportunity to be there it was nice to meet English it was nice to meet the players uh for Providence Carter Hopkins and Odoro and we actually got like just by being there even if I didn't talk with anybody you pick up on a lot of insights around the league for instance everybody talks about how big Klingon is and like yeah yeah he's a big man you don't realize how freaking big he is until you see him in person and he looked like like you see things like physical transformation. He looks like he got himself in better shape. Um, you just I see. I saw him, by the way. He was bouncing in and out. He was, yeah, he's a monster. He is huge. And you see guys like you don't even think about, like Jalen Thomas, who I wouldn't think about unless we're playing Butler. That guy is the proverbial, like the whole the old football saying, first off the bus. That guy is what a Big East basketball player should look like. Um, so it was just like a really awesome experience. Uh, and we learned a lot about the team. So excited to talk about that some more. Yeah. Um, I, I would say for me, you know, the first, doing the first one last year, I think you're essentially alluding to this is, is you're a little starstruck, <laughs> you know, you watch, you know, we're, we're two guys that, that really love college hoops and, uh, the big East, especially in, in PC and, um, you know, to, to be, you know, in the same room as all these legends uh, and really good basketball players. Um, yeah, it's just really cool. And on top of that, you got, like, the media guys just floating around there, like Rostin, you know, he's holding court. Uh, Fanta, Fanta's just the king of, of Big East media, uh, media Day. He's like, he, he's like the master of ceremonies. Like, he, he, he just runs the show. 
dude, like Val Ackerman, it, it, that was, I think literally the first person she mentioned was John Fanta. Out of everybody there, the first name that comes out of her mouth is John Fanta. Like he runs the show there. And I think it's a credit to um, how nice of a human he is and how genuine and passionate he is. He's, uh, yeah. if it's not clear already, he's a future star in the making. If not, he's already a star. Yeah, for sure. So, um, all right. So let's kind of get into it here. Um, the the poll came out, the coaches poll. Um, Marquette, right, ends up being the uh, team pick to finish first in the Big East this season. Defending national champions UConn were picked third. Um, your Providence Friars pick seventh. Um, you know, I, I know a lot of people were kind of upset with that, but for me, as someone that's, you know, I picked them at, at five, um, a lot, you know, a lot of the talk going into this, it seemed like they would be six. So to me, seven wasn't like that big of a slap in the face, but of course, you know, the Friar Fanatics took it as such, which is fine. Um, but interesting stat, by the way, last two years. You had the team that was picked finished ninth, Marquette last year win it all, uh, win the regular season. And then uh the season before that, PC was picked seventh. Uh and they end up winning the big east. So um I don't know, maybe that's a good spot to be in, BOC. I guess. I think I think the frustration, if they were picked anywhere one through six, I think people can understand that. Um the Xavier one again, and we've talked about this. The Xavier one is I don't really understand it besides just completely having faith in Sean Miller. I think that's what it comes down to. Um yeah, I don't Yeah. I mean we I could guess. just like let's walk through it though. This is like we're we're assuming Fremantle and Hunter are out for a while, which I think is a yeah, case. But like I don't I don't care about those losses. No, but listen, as Fremantle do. Fremantle, Hunter, Jones, Kunkel, yeah. Boom, yeah. Nunji, six contributors from last year. They're, okay, so their best player was Boom, even though what's his name went higher in the draft. Well, obviously, Boom didn't get drafted, but Boom was their best player last year. You would have to agree with that. Yeah, uh, yeah, I would say in and out. Yeah, yeah. All right, so yeah, he maybe, was you can maybe make the case. You can make the case for Jones, I guess. Which I I wasn't a huge fan of him, but you can make the case for him. Yeah, I mean, I, I was I was a huge Colby Jones fan, but I feel like. You know the way Boom played last year that that kind of took Xavier to another level. Uh, that team, that that team should have made a serious run. Yeah, they're, they're going to look back on last year and say what if. Yeah. So so, but my point, Boom transfer from UTEP, um, and uh, and uh, Jack Nunji was a transfer from Iowa. Yeah, but that was his second year, I think, at Xavier, right? Yeah. No, you're right. Um, Sean Miller added from the portal again. He's got two guards, and again, they're from CUSA. But I think we kind of learned last year CUSA has got some talented players and some oh, talented sure. teams. Um, so so he adds two guards and a big, the big from North Texas. Um, we we were kind of casually pursuing, right? Yeah, uh, yeah, I don't think it was anything more than a cursory. Yeah. He's heard from, uh, but yeah, and, and then they got that uh, that freshman that's getting a ton of praise, um, Djokovic or or, whatever, or I believe that's his name. Um, so, you know, I, yeah, I get it, but Fremantle's been hurt like all the time, and if you think about it, when Fremantle played, his teams didn't win that much. They're upset. I a uh, couple of my Nova buddies, I actually said. Xavier is a better team when Hunter's playing ahead of him. And they, I guess Fremantle had Nova's number all the time. So they disagreed with that, but I'm saying that because I agree with you. Yeah. I mean, but listen, like I, do I think our, do I like our talent better? Yes. But you know, I, I don't think Fremantle and Hunter definitely losses, but if Sean Miller can get production out of the transfer portal players that he got, from his other guys, I mean, I, I think they'll be okay. It's kind of my point. Yeah, I, I just, it, what's okay though? Like to me, oh, 
to me, if you looked at what they lost and what their roster is, I think they should be in the bottom three of the Big East. Bottom three? Mm-hmm. No chance. I disagree. Okay. It'll get settled on the court. That's the beauty of this, isn't it? Um, it's exciting. Yeah, we're we're here. Um, but I mean, I I feel like you can kind of make the same argument for St. John's. Like they're pick five. They're like fringe top twenty-five team that hasn't done anything to prove that they're a top twenty-five team. Well, they have Soriano. Sure, a guy that's never been to an NCAA tournament. Yeah, but a yeah, guy that's that's played a lot of losing basketball. Another. Yeah. His production in the Big East is there. You could say it's empty stats, which is you could. I'm fine with that argument. No, I'll admit Soriano vastly improved last year, and yes, he's definitely a good piece. And yeah. listen, I, I think Dingle will be a good player, um, but I don't know. I just feel like that team's getting so much praise, and it's like, what have they done? You know. Well, to your point about the Colorado thing, did you see? I didn't watch it, but on ESPN they had like an hour and a half showing about their practice. Uh, yeah, Sports Center. Sports Center was You know what I was thinking about? BOC. Did you hear about the Mad Dog Chris Russo? No. What, what happened? He said going into last weekend that if the Phillies were to lose the next two games to the Diamondbacks and the Diamondbacks would be in a World Series, that he would retire on the spot. Sure enough, the Diamondbacks end up winning it, uh, and he's not retiring. But I saw his like clip of like retirement by ass. I was thinking, oh my god, this is going to be Patino in five years. He's not going to want to go in the water. <laughs> he's not going to hold up his, his end of the bargain of the bet. Um, but anyways, uh, Biggie's Player of the Year honors go to Tyler Cole, who won it last year. Um, your first team, I don't have it in front of me, but Hopkins made it. Um, that's all that matters. Uh, that's Hopkins, all that matters. Hopkins, Moore, um, Soriano, I believe, is on there too. Uh, let's see. I got it somewhere here. Uh, anyway, um, Carter's honorable, honorable mention. Here you go. Um, so it's actually, a, yeah, Soriano, Moore, Hopkins. Interesting. Then there's two uh, Creighton guys. Kalkbrenner's obvious. Um, Alexander over Shireman is interesting. Alexander is the other first teamer. He's another. He's another one that you talk about how like freakishly big Klingon is. Alexander, like, and I don't mean to besmirch him. He doesn't look like he has like a pro body at all. Like, like just just looks like a hooper and doesn't spend a lot of time in the weight room. <laughs> Yeah, BOC was making was making sure who's working out and who isn't at Big East Media Day. Galen Thomas, um, Galen Thomas has been spending time in the gym. <laughs> um, yeah, so so Hopkins first team with Carter an honorable mention. Um, I believe rookie of the year goes to Castle, uh, Stefan Castle, the guard for for UConn. I'm sure Darway Dual received votes, maybe, um, but they didn't really release that. Um, so, so that's your preseason accolades. Um, you know, obviously the big storyline surrounding the day, it seemed was Ed Cooley back, uh, with a new team, Georgetown. Um, we got some, uh, you know, he did a bunch of interviews and he kind of gave the same sort of answers over and over again. Yeah. But um, we got a clip here of Ed Cooley on his um, on leaving PC, what he misses about PC, and more. Here he is. He was coach at Georgetown. He said something similar to what you just said, that he had this soft spot. When he wasn't playing Providence, he was rooting yep. for him. And because he went there. So could you talk about, elaborate on what your emotions will be like going into Providence? You know, it's already a hot ticket. Fair question. Out. When I go back to Providence College on the 27th, it'll be it'll be an overwhelming feeling I'm going to anticipate. Remember, being born and raised there, having elevated that organization with the likes of Bob Driscoll, Brian Shanley, Steve Napwell, and Ken Sicard, their CFO, who is a great friend of mine, John Sweeney. You know, my family will be there. I can feel the anger, and I get it. I understand it. I can internalize that. 
But in our world of change, it's okay. Change is okay. I don't think you should be villainized or victimized or change is just okay. But I'll always be from the state of Rhode Island. I'll always be a kid from Providence. I'll always cheer, always cheer for Providence College. If I'm ever fortunate to get to a Hall of Fame level, it'll be an easy decision of what I go and ask. Providence College gave me an incredible opportunity to be on this stage and in this seat right here. And the fan base there, remember when we got there, it wasn't there. Season tickets wasn't there. Fundraising wasn't there. National attention wasn't there. So the alignment between the president, AD, and that fan base, which I think is one of the best in America, we all had to do that together. And I'll be proud of that. But I totally understand the anger, what they feel as a betrayal. I get it. I'll internalize that. But until all of them sit in my seat and understand how important change is, I can, I can go to bed at night knowing that. One follow-up. You've kind of handed the car keys of a pretty strong program that you've helped build to Kim English. Um, what kind of advice or conversations have you had with him? I want to support Kim in every way possible. I want Providence College to be good. But what kind of conversations have you, you had know, with take him? care of yourself. Um, they have as rabbit of a fan base as you're going to get in America. Take care of yourself. Recruit guys that can play for him, not that could go to Providence College. Recruit guys that fit him. And I think that's the best advice you can give young coaches because everybody thinks you got to recruit to the school. You got to recruit to you. What fits you? It may not be the best player. It may not be the highest ranked player. And our business is all about winning, developing an organization, bringing a community together. Those are the things that we're trying to do and reestablish Georgetown. And I'll say this again Providence College is amazing, amazing college, an amazing city that have unbelievable food, the beaches. I miss that. I miss seeing my mom. I miss seeing the, the, the guy that raised me. I miss seeing the streets that I grew up on. But with the excitement that I feel here at Georgetown and where we're going and what we're going to build, right? We're not there yet. It's just a matter of time. That's all I'm going to tell you. It's a matter of time before we get to where we want to get to. It won't take long. Thank you. I saw, I saw you talking to 100%. Um, what's your relationship like? And does that kind of show the difference between the fan hysteria and the individuals who are involved in I mean, fans, I get it. We all get it. Fans are going to be fans. You know what I mean? They, that's their, their ride or dies. And they should be. And that's what makes that place. I told Kim, take care of yourself. Take care of yourself. Take care of your teammates. Take care of Providence College, Ken Sicard and Steve. Take care of you know, all, all your fundraisers. That's how you move programs. All right, there you have it. Ed Cooley sharing his thoughts on the move to Georgetown. POC, you were there for that. Um, I was still trying to get over to MSG. Um, what were your initial thoughts of Cooley? So a couple thoughts, and I thought this was <laughs> – so I went to him first. And I thought this was going to be the norm for the entire day of, like, reporters, like, six deep. I just realized it was, like, for Georgetown and and Hurley and UConn, that's, that was pretty much it. So it was impossible to get a question in. Um, people were just firing questions off at him. A um, couple, couple thoughts. I think he was a bit frustrated with all the Providence questions, but what do you expect, right? Like, he can't he, – he left a school to another school in conference. Like that type of thing is going to happen. I'm sure Beard, when he went from uh, Tech to UT, um, same had the same thing. But I think it's the fan base is more rabid in general in the Big East. Uh, and there's probably more coverage of basketball in the Big East than there would be in the Big 12. Um, but I digress. So probably a lot of the questions were probably getting it under his skin a bit. Not a lot of questions about his team, to be honest, besides the fact that People kept insinuating he has to have a, a rebuild, and it's a poor time to rebuild given the strength of the Big East. Um, something that really jumped out to me is he knew the exact date of when he was returning to Providence. And folks who listen to this may be like, yeah, like, no shit. Like, we all know the date. I, I was surprised that it, uh, an opposing – like, if you asked all the other Big East coaches when they were going to play at Providence – I can't say 100%, but I think it's like a 95% certainty they would have no clue when they're playing Providence at Providence. Cooley had the date in his pocket. He said January 27th. 
So he's definitely thinking about it, which personally, like, I don't think that's a good thing. Um, Cause he has to focus on the entire season. Uh, so that, that was interesting to me. The other thing that was interesting is who knows what's said behind closed doors, but he was really complimentary of Providence. He was complimentary of the school, the basketball program, while also giving himself a pat on the back saying he helped build it, which is true. Um, complimentary of the leadership of Providence, complimentary of Kim English, complimentary of the roster, which again is kind of a pat on the back. So I think, um, I think he, he really quick. I think he is, would say over beers, he hated the way everything went down and probably wishes he could change that because he, the way he handled it was horrific. Um, there was some, he said on in many interviews how much he missed his home state, how much he missed the beach. Uh, and he said it tongue in cheek, but like, you know, he misses being back in Rhode Island. So he had his own, you know, we won't get into it. He had his own reasons why he left for Georgetown and he had his, that's the choice he made. But I do think he probably realizes the grass isn't always greener and he misses Providence. That's just my take though. Yeah. I mean, he did do an interview with uh, Nick Hoyt of, uh, the Rhode Island ABC affiliate. Um, and he said he has no regrets on how it went down. But then also said, like, you know, could have, things have gone better? Sure. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, you know, listen, I, that does kind of have to suck that, you know, you have this media day and it should be mainly about the players, right? Um, you know, the guys that get picked to go, you know, it's, Nice spot for them, um, kind of being the limelight a little bit. And for Cooley, you know, all the questions were were about his move. Um, and, you know, he, he kept saying change. Uh, that, that was like his his calling card of of, uh, of the move, that that's just change and change is okay, which, you know, is what it is. Um I think we should, though, maybe start to think about uh, kind of laying off on the Cooley stuff until we get close to the game. I know I'll I'll probably break this promise pretty quickly, um, but I feel like now is time. You know, that, like, Biggie's Man Day was expected that this was all going to happen, and you knew he kind of expected it, but at the same time was probably annoyed. Uh, that it kind of just took away from anything regarding his current team. Um, but I don't know. For me, I, I kind of want to focus on, on PC and where they are now. Uh, and he and he said he kind of said, said that. Yeah, he, yeah, he said that. And he was like, "Listen, just focus on Kim English. He's a superstar. He's superstar in the making." Um, and I agree with you. Like, we'll talk about Cooley when we'll talk about them when inevitably they're on a losing streak or they're just not playing well. We'll joke about that. Um, we'll be ready for them when we play them at home and when we go there, but I- I'm really focused on this Providence team because I am extremely bullish on them. And I think there is a really nice path for them to have a lot of success this year. So yeah. it's time to put, it's time to put Cooley in the rear view, honestly. Agreed. All right, let's get to the players. Um, PC sent. Devin Carter, Bryce Hopkins, and Josh Aduro to Media Day, BOC. Uh, got to talk with each of them, and here's what they had to say. Hey, guys, how was the uh, freshman acclimated to college basketball, Starway, you know, Ritz and all of them? They're doing good. Um, yeah, you know, all freshmen are going to have, you know, some bumps and bruising in the, sure. in the um, you know, process of it, you know, as I did uh, my, my freshman year. But, you know, you can't really – I think that they're doing well. Um, you know, they're locking into the principles. They're taking in a lot of information at once. So, yeah. you know, but they've been doing well. Good. How did the uh, – where's some takeaways from the scrimmage still for you? Or um, you know, the takeaways I took away was um, basically just going out with my team, new teammates, trying to build chemistry with them. Yeah. And, you know, just keep on bonding to it. Um, each other does well together. And, you know, just trying to build up with my teammates. So, oh, yeah. That was the biggest takeaways I took. How are – how is it, Kim and you guys balancing the transfers that are coming in along with the core that stays with Providence? He's doing, he's doing really well. Um, yeah. I feel like the piece that he brought in, you know, fit right in with us. You know, Desmond, his defense is relentless. You know, what he did on the offensive end, you know, it's going to continue. Yeah. Um, Josh is just a mismatch 
probably down low and you can you know, stretch the floor inside or out. So, you know, I feel like um, Ticket Games is another great shooter, plays defense, you know. Um, I can just feel like the pieces that he brought in, you know, nobody's, you know, crashing over each other or stepping on anybody's toes. Um, I feel like everybody fits in with each other and, you know, we're going to do something special this year. I know you there's been talk about you losing some weight, get a little bit quicker and stuff. How have you seen that translate to your game? I think one of the big things was you were able to bully a lot of the threes that guard you or make some undersized fours. Has it changed your game at all? Like, give me some details on that, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm much faster. Um, my wind is more up. Um, yeah, it will allow me to play, you know, a little more. Um, you know, I get up and down the court better. Um, and, you know, a lot of people say, you know, that with you losing the weight, that is going to, you know, stop me from, you know, being strong and, you know, my presence down low. But, you know, I still, still feel the same. And, you know, I, still, yeah, I can still use my physicality to, you know, really some of those defenders that I need to. you got to be excited knowing that you're going to be in the building in March playing. What are you thinking about individually for yourself as well as a composite team in terms of accomplishments? I know you guys got out in the first round next year. I personally see you guys as a second weekend type team, if not further. What are your thoughts on that? For sure. Um, you know, we want to obviously go as far as we can in the tournament. You know, we're going to, you know, all the steps that we take right now is going to lead up to that. And, you know, I feel like um, we just got to take one game at a time, and that's going to lead to um, you know, our postseason. So, you know, um, you can't really, you know, say too much right now, but um, we just got to take one game at a time, you know, try to put ourselves in the best place we can when that first weekend of Selection Sunday comes around here. You know, we can, you know, help, hopefully have a good season you know, yeah. go far into the second season. weekend or okay. My last question for you, and I appreciate the time. Corey Floyd, Pierre, they're making the second year lead. What are you seeing from them from last year to this year that you think can help translate to a more consistent role in the biggest thing on Providence? I don't know. Jaden, you know, first time with him, you know, he's much, much more of a leader this year. Um, you know, you know um, he's more confident. Um, he's more confident. Looking for a shot to get um, everybody involved, him being a point guard. You know, Corey, I can um, tell his confidence is through the roof. Um, his jump shot is, you know, so so clean, and I feel like he's going to have a big role for us. You know, um, plays for the team. You know, his defensive end, um, you know, I feel like he's going to be big for us. Great. Hey, thank you for the time. I appreciate so, it. Yeah. Um, I gotta ask. All right, Devin Carter here with Power Fire. Uh, how you doing today, sir? I'm doing good. How about you? I'm good. Yeah, I just got a few questions. Uh, first question is, what's your favorite food? Favorite food, I would say barbecue wings. Barbecue wings. Do you cook barbecue wings? I should not cook barbecue wings. Not cook barbecue wings. <laughs> okay, okay. Second question. What do you plan on doing this season? What is your goal? My goals, Biggie's um, regular season championship, um, and then, you know, going as far as we can in the March 9th tournament, you know, that's my goals this season. Now, is this a promise? This is a promise. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Last question. Uh, why are you not my roommate no more? <laughs> that's your, that's your <laughs> part. You took me out my roommate and um, went to get swimming. That's all you Yeah, man, y'all heard it here, man. Everybody doesn't like me no more. That's crazy. That's the end of the story, man. Hey, come on. Can I ask you a few questions? So, um, what's one thing from last year to this year that you're working to improve your game on, whether it's, you know, shooting, defense, what what are you looking to improve on the most? Uh, probably just my shooting percentages. Sure. Yeah, uh, I just want to shoot better from the three and free throws. Yeah. Specifically. Um, I mean, obviously, I want to play defense. I want to go as the best player on the other team. Yeah. Uh, I'm just looking forward to showing everybody the last week. Great. Uh, so, I personally thought you were a snub for a Big East Defensive Player of the Year last year. What are you looking to do this year to further validate that you should have gotten that? Um, I mean, I'm not looking for no awards from yeah. anybody. At the end of the day, I just want to go out there and win every game. Yeah. So, playing defense, going the best players, shutting them down is the way to win, and that's what I'm going to do. Awesome. What is the style of play on the offense different from Floyd English? Seems like it's going to be more free-flowing, a lot more shots. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a lot more free left, yeah. a lot more, I mean, a lot less plays. Sure. Uh, I mean, shoot a lot more threes, and it's more of an NBA-style uh, offense. So, yeah, you know, it's a lot of space and pass, cut, screen away, go, lift. It's a lot more action. Sure. So, last question I have, you... Last year you posted a lot of the villain gifts or memes before every game. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be a similar theme this year, or are you going to switch it up? Uh, we'll see. We'll see how, how I feel. But I might, I might have to keep it low. All right. So, Thank you very much, man. Appreciate it. Yeah. Hey, Josh. How's it going? How's the, uh, how's the foot doing? It's doing great. Yeah? Yeah. Good.
Um, how is the transition from the A-10 to the Big East gone so far? I know we're, you know, preseason things of that nature, but. Yeah, I mean, just transitioning to the team has been pretty seamless. We've got a great staff who uh, gives a lot, a lot of support to us. And uh, playing against really good players here at Providence has really been fun, but I'm really excited to start playing against higher caliber players in the Big East and uh, get to remind yourself against other people in the league. Sure. I think a lot of Providence fans are excited to see Joshua Dora as a player. What are you going to show them on the court, both offensively and defensively? I mean, I'm a solid player, both on offense and defense. Yeah. Uh, I like to let my game speak for themselves, yeah. and uh, hopefully fire, fire fans love me out there. Cool. Thank you very much. Thanks. Appreciate it. All right, so that was Carter, Hopkins, and Aduro there. Um, let's start with Hop. Uh, you asked him about the 15 pounds uh, that he lost. What, what, what were your thoughts on that? Yeah, it's always like a – again, it was my first time doing this and, like, my first time asking these type of reporting type questions. So it, there's it's a hard way to ask, like, hey, how about losing that, uh, you know, the freshman 15? Um, but, yeah, he basically said he got himself in better shape in the offseason. He hasn't noticed any decline in his strength. Um, he is has much more endurance, which is great because – I never really thought he ran out of gas um, last year at all. I think he got the crap kicked out of him and there weren't a lot of foul calls that were made. And that probably had more to do with him. Actually, he didn't really fall off. Like he just didn't keep his monstrous clip like he did at the start of the season. Um, So it's, we'll see a uh, faster and quicker hop. Uh, I think he's still going to be a bully in the front court, especially when you put somebody like a bigger three or a smaller four on him. Um, he's now going to have the quickness to take people off the dribble, which he already had. Um, but I think he's going to be able to exploit that more. Um, for somebody who is, for somebody who is arguably a pre- preseason all American, he is a very humble person. Um, it's almost like he doesn't know how good he is. Uh, and maybe he does and he just doesn't let on, but he's a breath of fresh air, really nice kid. Um, and you can tell just growing into himself as a person and as a basketball player. So he's a great representative for Providence. Yeah, definitely. I definitely got that sense last year uh, when I was chatting with him. Um, also, you might have noticed there that he had a, a special interview uh, interviewer, Devin Carter, there. Asked him a few questions. Let's get on to Devin Carter, though. Um, I, I think you love the, the whole, uh, you know, I don't care about anyone else except us uh take yeah so while while hopkins is probably the uh the face of providence basketball i think it's without question that carter is the emotional leader and probably has the best pulse on the locker room out of anybody he's a guy that you want leading your team and he while while hopkins is more of the humble not necessarily in the limelight type player carter's the exact opposite and that's fine you need those type of players he he carries himself with a swagger and confidence of somebody who thinks he's the best player in the league. And that's fantastic. And I genuinely think he thinks he's the best player in the league. Um, He's very sure of himself and he seems to get along with English, uh, Doro and Hopkins. Um, So I can't say enough great things about him. He did say um, he's working on hit. He was working on in the off season, his three point shooting, because you saw a lot of times. and, And I remember the, it was a Connecticut game on the road where a lot of play, a lot of the blueprint was you go under the screens when where there was a pick and roll set for him um, and force him to shoot the deep ball and he needed to improve his three point percentage so he was keenly aware of that and talked about it. that was a focus of his off season um, and he also talked about how the the style of offense is really interesting uh, at Providence now where it's more or less set plays more of a free-flowing NBA-style cut-and-go type offense. So that'll be really interesting to watch because I think sometimes watching offense under Cooley was like watching paint dry. And there are times where he drew up a lot of great sets, but there are a lot of times where we were just like moving in, you know, moving in quicksand on offense in the half-court set. So I don't think we're going to see that that much. And it also, it also is good for the type of roster that we have we have a lot of really good athletes who can go and run in open court so i think it's going to be beneficial for providence yeah and um you know it 
I definitely think I saw it in the Mal Brown scrimmage. That release is a little bit different this year, uh, a little quicker, uh, a little more fluid. Um, so we'll, we'll see if that that work in the offseason paid dividends. All right, wrap up here with, with, with Oduro. Short and sweet, the ankle's okay. Uh, so we're good there. Yeah, he. Uh, we talked to he, um, we talked a little bit about his game and uh, what you can expect from him on the offensive and de- defensive end. Uh, nice guy, soft-spoken guy. Um, I think he was probably coached to not talk too much about uh, his ankle. <laughs> he was very short, and I asked him how his ankle was. He just said, hey, it's good, and just stopped at that. So I think he was probably coached to not talk about it, which is smart. You don't want to reveal too much. Um, so I think we're excited to see him play. <laughs> My one takeaway is, again, walking around the Big East media day, there's a lot of really big freaking dudes in the Big East. Um, and Odoro can play his tail off, but 6'8 or 6'9, whatever he is, is still 6'8 or 6'9. There's a lot yeah, of – Yeah, I don't care about that. I really don't. Okay. Crosswell was that size. Yes, he was a different frame. Uh... We also got we also got exposed a lot in the front court last year. Sometimes. Yeah. Um, so I think it's going, I think it's going to be a concern all season. And instead of whining about it, we just have to accept it and hope that, hope that our offensive output outweighs maybe some of the shortcomings we have on the defensive front in the front court, because again, knock on wood, we, we need him to stay healthy. He, yeah. he, he, uh, again, he's the most, the most crucial and important piece of this entire roster, in my opinion. All right. So let's, uh, wrap up here with our stuff with uh, head coach Kim English, who got to speak with the media. Um, here's what he had to say. <laughs> we, we promised to be how has, how has this has it been, walking into a room to a you know, situation like this for the coach of the Friars? Yeah, it's not, uh, it's, it's not as fantastical as everyone makes it out to be. It's great walking into Madison Square Garden. You know, uh, anytime you get to play in here, be in here, I played in here three times, uh, twice as a pro, once as a collegian. Uh, it's great, but it's, it's, we're not playing pick and roll defense tonight or transition defense. That would be a lot, you know, more stressful. Uh, so yeah. And the Big East meetings, you went to the Big East meetings. Yeah, you saw all the coaches there. Yeah, it it's great. not as if the first time you've met some of these guys, right? I mean, I've known them. Before that, you know, we see each other on the road. I've played against these guys, coached against these guys. Um, so, very bright. Yeah. What do you do with uh, being picked seventh? Nothing. It means nothing. Bring it up to the guys. No. I mean, you know, it, does, it means nothing. I mean, pick one, pick. It means nothing. Very thankful. Very thankful for everyone that's had a hand in Providence basketball over the last decade. You know, you know from Nat to Father Sakar to Ed Cooley, Bob Driscoll, Father Shanley, everyone that has had their hands on this program has done a great job to elevate it from where it was to where it is. And I'm very thankful to, to be the head coach of Providence College. What piece of advice is you have? You've talked to Ed Cooley. What piece of advice is he given you? Uh, less advice and more just speaks so highly of of the city of the support of the alignment um, and of the people and of his year I mean, it's a huge part of his career and he's a huge part of, of Providence uh, basketball so again really thankful for all his his, his efforts what's it like to take that torch now and maybe put your print on it yeah again it's it's, it's I'm, I'm, I'm i'm focused on our future you know uh you know obviously um, you know maintaining a high standard of success and um, you know continuing that you know these guys uh, i want them to shoot well from the free throw line just like they did last season i want them to offensive rebound just like they did I want him to take care of the ball just like the, so it's 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 again it's not as fantastic as it's made out to be um, coaching a basketball team. Kim, it, it, it's about your players obviously and, and what they're able to do. But from a personal standpoint, when you hear the commissioner talk about the other coaches in the league and, and their accomplishments, how looks how much do you look forward to challenging yourself against 
you know, some of the best guys in your profession? Not my focus. It's not my focus. My focus is on getting our team to be as tough as we can possibly be, to play as hard as we can possibly be, to be as connected as we can possibly be, uh, to be as disciplined as we can possibly be, uh, to execute at an incredibly high level. And uh, if we can do those things to the best of our ability, um, I like our chances. In terms of Bryce and Devin, obviously, an individual recognition for them coming into today. Just your thoughts on having, you know, and I'm sure you felt this way anyway, but you know, two of the top projected players in the league this season. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously those two, you know, two of the best in the country. Yeah, and I think, you know, you know adding Josh into that mix, very thankful to uh, be their coach. Uh, very thankful to get a chance to walk into to Bryce and, and Devin and thankful that they decided uh, to stay. But um, they, um, they're two of the best. Back to Bill's question a little bit. You know, when you face some of these guys who have been to the Final Fours, won national championships, it, it, it's a challenge for you two to show that you belong in that in that conversation and can beat teams like that. And I guess that's what competition's all about. The game's won on the court. That's not my focus. I've coached against guys that have been to Final Fours before. Um, that's not my focus. Uh, you know, it's the game's won on the court. You know, it's, the game's won on the court. Uh, if we lose, it's because of me. You know, but if we win, it's because of these guys. Both Kyle Neptune and Jimmy Holloway had their first seasons as head coaches of many schools last year. Can you take anything from their first seasons as you go into your first season of Providence? Uh, I watched their games against uh, Providence. Um, that's, about, that's, that's about it. I don't, I'm not in their practices. Do you have any relationship with either of those two guys? Yeah, both of them. Yeah, Kyle and I were together in the 810, both of our first seasons as head coaches, and uh, and Shy I've known, well, uh, I've known as well. Josh has been great. Say it again. Sneakers on today. Coach, what do you see from these guys who believe you guys to take it to the next level next year? Um, I uh, see a good group of guys that are really working hard to um, become as good as they can possibly be. And that's our focus, you know. And the next level, whatever that is, it's got to go 1-0, and you know, against Columbia. And then, uh, you know, just each step at a time. Do you have any takeaways from Saturday? Uh, um, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I, I really like to see our guys all, you know, coming together. Um, Good scrimmage, good competition against a team we respect. And um, I look forward to having one more of those before we hook it up for real. Coach, you spoke about how you're looking to create your own legacy at Providence and seem to give great respect for Coach Cooley and what he's done for Providence and for the community. For yourself, on January 27th, when he comes back to Providence, what do you think it will be for your guys and yourself in that environment? Yeah, again, such a long time before we're there. Yeah, we, we got a lot of basketball to play you know, before that day, and that's our focus. Um, and when it comes to that game, you know, it's, it's you guys have to execute and, and do our, our game plan. You know? So we're really just focused on the main thing. Um, that's, that's all we can control. So truthfully, I have not even thought about January 27th. No, it's uh, it's 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 here. It's it's felt the same. Um, it's felt the same. Um, the COVID season ended early and started late, so that was longer, um, actually. But so yeah. You might have had a couple of days overlap with Tyler Kolick at Mason. Yeah. Did, ten we, days. Ten days. Yeah. I was his coach. <laughs> was was he, uh, you know, a player that you saw at the time as, as someone who could be, you know, at the level where he is now as the best player in the Big East? Um, I didn't know he was a point guard. It was, I mean, from watching him film, I thought he was a shooter. I thought he was a, I knew he was tough as nails. I thought he was a great competitor. You know, I flew up to, uh, I knew I flew into Boston. I don't know if, where I, if I played him in Mass or Rhode Island, but I drove to spend time with him. And, um, you know, but he's really happy for him, you know, really happy for him. Jordan Miller, two guys on that team, you know, I, I did a good job keeping one of the three that, uh, that went on to have great, great success. And Jordan's with the Clippers now, and Tyler has had great success in Marquette. Did we play one-on-one -on -one against Tyler? I did. I did. Was <laughs> yeah, it in Cumberland, you think? Yeah, I think it might have been in Cumberland. Yeah. It might have been in Cumberland. I hope you beat him. 
So, all right, this is the truth. It was a three-game series, and I won two to one. But he's such a competitor, it changed to a five-game series. And I was out of gas, and uh, he won, and he was free to go wherever he wanted. I was happy he didn't go to Davidson. So you had the same bet that you had yeah, he beat yeah. him. Kim, uh, big fan here, uh, Carter. <laughs> Yeah, it was a it was a rough morning for me. Uh, Bryce won and Devin won. Devin 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 won. He won. Okay. Yeah, y'all hear hear from um Right there. Hop in here, Kim. All right, so that was head coach Kim English. Um, I guess I'll start here. Um, he was uh pretty locked in and uh focused and, and no BS out there on Tuesday. Yeah, it's um quite a contrast from Cooley, right? And there's no there's no pros or cons to that, it's just a different personality type. Um I agree with you. I was struck by his seriousness and the business-like approach that he had. Um, no nonsense. He seems like, while he's a player's coach, he also doesn't seem like somebody who the players are going to walk all over. He seems to demand the respect or command the respect for his from his players. Um, and I think we're going to be. I think I think we're going to really like that. It's going to be the Providence Friars featuring Kim English, not Ed Cooley featuring the Providence Friars. And I make that delineation purposely. Yeah. So, you know, I, I met Kim at his intro presser. Um, and I would say it was a little bit different uh, this time around. And I have a theory about this. And here I go breaking my rule. I think where Ed Cooley was kind of frustrated uh with the questions he was getting regarding, um, you know, leaving Providence. I think the same can be said maybe on the flip side with questions about replacing Coolwood. Um, Kim was also very complimentary of Ed, um, but I don't know. Maybe that was, maybe that played a role. Cause he, I mean, he certainly was personable, but, it was different. Like, like he was, like you said, it was no nonsense, like serious the entire time. Um, I actually cut out from that clip. I cut out because it wasn't that great of audio quality, but some kid was asking him questions, like kind of like asking some silly questions. And then he was like, so mindset. And he's well, like, yeah. he's yeah. Were, you, were you there for, were you, were you there for that? Yeah, you were yeah. right. Yeah, yeah, I, I didn't hear it until no, I listened to that, but ain't no, actually I felt it, it I felt bad for the kid because he like he was like, What do you mean? It was very yeah. it was very like, I don't know what you're asking. And and and, and it, yeah, and he was like he was like, It's not a joke. <laughs> it's not a joke. <laughs> like I again, like anybody who knows me in my personal life knows how regimented and disciplined I am and how serious I can be in certain settings. And like I I was feeding off of his energy. <laughs> Um, but yeah, um, you know, asked about the coaching experience discrepancy between him and other guys in the coach, uh, other guys that coach in the Big East, I should say, um, he was pretty much like, I don't care, not my focus. Um, you know, not in our clip, but, but I believe in a, in a separate interview, he said it, it wasn't as glamorous as fantastical I think was the word he used about Big East Media Day um so yeah he was kind of no nonsense here but um one um one thing I wanted to point out uh and this was a pretty steady theme from all the players and uh I don't recall hearing English talk about I think you may mention their freshman briefly is um Dual might be a victim of his of the, the expectations that have been thrust upon him by the media. Um, because everybody said, Hey, he's a great player, but he's a freshman. They said some variation of that. And I think his recruiting ranking, the fact that everybody's talking about him as like a sleeper, potentially first rounder, 
Um, and everybody in the media keeps hyping him up. I think he may fall prey to folks being like, wait, this is the guy that we were hyping up in the first couple games. Um, as he gets his feet wet in college basketball. And it may be a different story at the end of the year when he finally gets comfortable. But I just have the feeling that, and I could be wrong, he could come out and all drop like 11, 7, and 6, and everybody, like the parade's on. But I got the sense that there was a tone of great player, but like, let's pump the brakes a bit. Well, I think the Big East as a whole, like as a league, is very, very like hesitant with freshmen. Obviously with, Coach Cooley, we know he wasn't really playing freshman. Um, but I think the league as a whole, like, it's kind of tough for these freshmen to, like, really break out. And and even, like, a guy like Cam Whitmore last year who ends up being a top pick, um, you know, he went through his ups and downs. And, you know, it, it wasn't great early for him uh, when Nova was without Justin Moore and everything. So you could be on something there. Um, but – I don't know. Nap seemed to be pretty excited about. <laughs> yeah, it was it was uh it was great to see Nap. Um he's fans of the crier and he says some of his buddies who he graduated with from Providence send him uh some of the things that we uh that we put out there. So uh that's always interesting. Uh, yeah, BOC got nervous there. when he said that, he was like, Oh no. I started I started I thinking about I started thinking about the whole um hiring process. I'm like, oh god, oh god, what did I tweet? What did I say? But I think we've I think we've been steadfast, and our thought was, hey, this is his chance to prove himself, and I think he knocked it out of the park. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, no, it was shout out now. That that was an awesome chat with him, and he and he actually said he'd like to be on the pod sometime. So we'll try and get him on uh, at some point this season. Maybe we'll uh, maybe we'll do that over a couple a uh, couple of my ties in Bahamas or something. <laughs> there we go. Um, all right. Anything else you got? That's, uh, I don't think anything else jumps out to me. No, that's it. It was a great, it was a great time and, uh, definitely one of many. Yeah, for sure. All right. And, um, for our fans, you may have noticed at the beginning of the episode, no intro music to start the show. That was on purpose. I didn't forget. Um, we are actually... In the process of getting a new song, uh, which will be featured soon. So be on the lookout for that. Till next time, Friar Town. We'll see you later. See you guys.